Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about Mind Over Matter, the Psychology of Risk. I'm talking with Andy Ellis. He's the CISO of Akamai, and he's speaking to this topic as a keynote speaker at RSA Conference 2013. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tom. So tell us a bit about this keynote topic. The title is Mind Over Matter. What can we expect to hear? Certainly. So what you can expect to hear is an understanding of how historically the way we as security professionals have approached risk and approached how the business thinks about risk, uh, why that doesn't tend to work, uh, and some approaches that might work instead. Really, it's about using sort of judo, you know, use your mind to move the business and be intelligent about what you're doing and not just try to brute force manipulate the business, which is what we've done historically. Now, Andy, I've read some of your blogs, and I know you're a thoughtful executive, but I've got to ask you, how did you first start researching this whole notion of the psychology of risk as opposed to the technology or the policy, which we all get caught up in? So I think probably I started from failure, which is probably where most people start looking for new ideas is when they're not being successful with their old ones. And one of the things that I'd found is that often you know, my attempts to communicate how dangerous something might be didn't really work. And what I was realizing is that when you try to give somebody an example of, you know, here's how bad what you're doing might be, is you haven't let them understand how you get to that. So you sound sort of like Chicken Little. You know, if you do this thing, the world could end. And what you're really saying is that there's this is a very complex problem. There's a lot of risk involved here. And once you gloss that over for the business, it really isn't personal and something that they understand. Uh, and so I started from there and said, you know, what could I do that would work better? And one of the, the, the sort of seminal moment for me was in a product launch meeting of all places uh, where actually one of the reviewers for all of our products that go out and literally the vice president in charge of the product turns and looks at me, and I'd failed the product. I said, look, you know, this, you guys actually just picked an outdated hashing algorithm, and this is a simple, you know, couple of line change is all that needed to have happened. And I said, you know, I'm failing. I refuse to approve this for launch. And the vice president turned and looked at me, and he said, are you telling me that you're going to hold up this launch, which is worth, and I'm like, we'll tell you how much it was worth, you know, you know, and customer features over as simple a thing as we're using an outdated hashing algorithm that can use elsewhere. You admit you want to go clean it up everywhere, uh, but because we're launching something with that, that alone, you're going to make us slip several months. And I realized I had completely failed in communicating with the business, and how could I start over and find something that could work? Well, that's a great example. So talk a little bit about this concept and how it's changed your own approach to security management. Absolutely. So I started from the work of Sam Peltzman, who's an economist at the University of Chicago. And Sam Peltzman is really the biggest advocate of the theory of risk compensation, which basically says all humans have a set amount of risk that they're willing to tolerate. Uh, and I refined it a little further, but, but Sam's idea, or Professor Peltzman's idea really says, you know, if we force people to wear seatbelts, this is where it became controversial, they'll drive more dangerously. If we remove risk from them, they'll drive more dangerously, and they'll end up getting into more accidents. And they themselves might survive, but maybe they're going to kill more pedestrians. And so the phrase killer seatbelts was really coined by that argument. Uh, very controversial arguments has been made. Uh, there's been research on both sides, you know, some claiming to prove it, some claiming to disprove it. 
uh, some of the best in some of the NASCAR research because we can see, you know, as they get safer and safer inside the vehicles, they make decisions that expose them to more risk. Now, they're more likely to survive, but there are a lot of accidents that happen there. And what I realized is really there's an extension to that. And we're all familiar, everybody says, you know, humans are really bad at risk because we worry about things like, you know, our children being abducted, but we forget to put fences around our pools. Yet you're far more likely for your child to fall into a pool and drown. If, they, if you have a pool in your house, then your child to get randomly abducted by a stranger. And so I realized that it's not about how much risk people will tolerate. It's about how much risk that they're aware of that they will tolerate. And that was really the sort of the key understanding for me, is that the entire way that we as an industry have structured risk management reduces awareness of risk. We've built this complex model in the security industry of all of the risks we might worry about. We build these massive checklists to help us remember that we've looked at each and every risk. And then we have business units you know, have us fill them out for them. So they come in and they explain a project. We go off into our corner and we you know, assess the risk. And then we have to give a binary yes or no and say, well, either yes, this is safe, you can go out, or it's at least not too unsafe, or no, you can't go out because the risks are so massive you shouldn't do it. And the real thing is what the business is trying to do is spend some risk, right? You know, they're going to take some risk. Every, everything we do is risky uh, in hopes of getting some reward. And what we've done is we remove security risk from that equation. And so it's free risk to them. Either it prevents them from doing it or it doesn't exist. And so what happens is they iterate on this process, and each time they go through, they forget about the security risk. It's not part of their worldview. And so my goal had entirely been, how do we make it that security risk is part of that equation, that when somebody's making a decision, they own the security risk and the awareness of it. And that doesn't mean they'll always do better things, but over the long run, we see them improving significantly. Let me ask you about a specific example, Andy. Uh, you've talked about, and we'll talk about in your keynote, how management of your cloud platform has evolved because of this approach of mind over matter, the psychology of risk. Could you explain that a little bit, please? Absolutely. So it's happened in two ways. So on the internal side, what we've really done is we've pushed on people that they own the risk. So we no longer judge the risks that people bring to new product launches or new feature launches. We judge their risk management practices. We say... You know, have you exhibited good risk management practices and a good understanding of the risks that you're taking, and are the risks within reason? So what's happened is it goes from, you know, InfoSec being a barrier, you know, InfoSec saying, well, you either you're good or you're bad, to InfoSec really being a discussion and evaluation of the process and the people involved. This now ties the, the security risk to the individual's career risk. Nobody wants to get up in front of their VP and say, you know, I think we should go with this and, you know, have us show up and say, well, it might be that the risks are sane, but the risk management practices here weren't up to snuff, right? You know, that happens once. person usually, you know, their, their manager set, or their VP says, don't ever do that again, and now they come and talk to us early. And so we see changes happening earlier in the system, and we always know that's better. Where we also see it take effect is actually with our customers, and one of the things that we like to do is really expose to our customers, here's how Akamai thinks about risk. It's not about your checklist. It's about our process. And so let's expose that to you so you can understand the risks that you take when you're working with your cloud partner. 
because we all know that adding a partner always adds risk. And so we try to mitigate that, you know, by saying, let's explain to you the risk profiles that we have so you can think about them in your business as well. So you've got to sell this concept to partners, to customers, and really to scientists and to business people. How do you do that? So part of it is with some sleight of hand. You know, it's really hard to, to walk into somebody and say, look, here's you know my new and novel way of thinking about risk management. It's much easier to do it very tactically with them. So when we think about, you know, we're launching new products, we don't come in and say, look, we're going to judge you on how you're doing risk. We're going to, we say, you know, that we serve two functions, right? We, we have an advice and we have a review component. And our review component is about the process and making sure that when you communicate risk, you know, how credible of a communicator you are. And people really understand that, that, that it's their job to communicate the risk and they own it. Uh, and that we're here for advice. You can also come to us and say, look, I don't understand this risk thing at all. I don't know what I should be worrying about. Can you help me? And we've got a team of folks who will show up and will help them and focus on it. And the proof is in the pudding. The reason why this works is because we've had very successful engagements with our partners internally so that people really do trust us, that they know that if they come to us early and ask for advice, that we're going to be an honest broker of advice and that we'll explain exactly what we're going to do from a review perspective, and that we're going to hold them to commitments that they make to us. Uh, so I think that's a really important part is also just your execution. It doesn't help just to have a bright idea. So final question for you. It's a big concept. It's a big change for many organizations. Where do they start this change? Where do they begin? So I think the place to begin is to find where you're far away from this and stop doing things that don't provide value. Uh, I've worked with a lot of businesses that will do things, you know, like these third-party security reviews. You know, every time somebody in your company wants to go engage with a cloud partner or any partner, you make them go through this painful security review, you know, massive checklist, slows down the process, you know, so now nobody likes you already. And ask yourself at the end of the day, you know, did I do one of two things? Right? Did I either cause the business to not do engage with this partner, or did I cause the partner to change their security practices? And if you find your answer is no to both of those questions over a long period of time, then I would argue that not only are you not providing value, right, you're not changing anybody's practices, and you're not changing the risk profile of the business, but that you're actually providing negative value. And that makes it very hard for you to now stand somewhere and help and move the business. So first, get out of your own way. Then once you're out of your own way, now figure out how can you help move the business very tactically, provide value, because that builds you the political capital to be able to do more. Right? You can't just jump to doing it the right way because it does require that people trust that you're an honest broker with the business. Andy, that's great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. No problem. We've been talking about the psychology of risk. I've been talking with Andy Ellis, CISO with Akamai. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.